This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. This is Jonathan Hansen, President of World Ministries International. My special guest today is Dr. Andy Nazario. He was enlisted in the U.S. Navy in 1969. He served till 1973. After graduation from Texas Tech University with a Bachelor of Science degree in education in 1977, he was commissioned in the Army Reserves, retiring at the rank of captain. He's a 30-year veteran in law enforcement, retiring from uh, the Mernillo County Sheriff's Office in Albuquerque, New Mexico, as a lieutenant. Tenant. He is a graduate of the FBI National Academy and obtained a Master of Arts degree in Public Affairs Administration from New Mexico Highlands University and a Ph.D. in Business with a con- concentration in criminal justice from North Central University in Arizona. And he retired as an assistant professor of criminal justice at Eastern New Mexico University in 2017. 2017. Uh, Andy, welcome back to the Warning Radio Program. Thank you. It's good to be hearing your voice again. <laughs> well, it's always good being with you. I, I, uh, we've done television and radio together, and we've worked together in different conferences over the years. Now, actually, right. not only did you uh, uh, retire from law enforcement, uh, but you, always, you also served investigating homicide in the Lubbock, Texas uh, Police Department, correct? Right. It's with the criminal district attorney's office in Lubbock. Yeah. yeah. And I was with the Lubbock Police Department before I started doing that as a felony investigator with the uh, criminal district attorney's office. And that was right before I moved to Albuquerque. Better retirement system. Wow. Okay, so you have plenty of experience in law enforcement. What's going on in the United States? I think so. Yes. Now, what's on your heart right now as far as where we are at in the United States of America, the tyranny, uh, the revolution that's taking place. I mean, uh, they're trying to topple the Republic of the United States and most Americans and most of the church doesn't have a clue. Uh, Talk a little bit about that, Andy. Right. uh, It ties into the law enforcement also and how law enforcement has affected all this. But what I'm really concerned about and, and, You've said this for the 15, 20 years that we've known each other, is how the church isn't really standing up and and doing what's right for the Lord. And the church is supposed to be, uh, well, taken from the Matthew 18, 17, 
It comes from the Greek word ecclesiastes, which is a calling out or, or a popular meeting, especially a religious congregation. And the pastor is from the Greek pomain, which is the shepherd. So I remember you saying that the, the pastors were really not being shepherds of their flocks. And that's bothering me more and more as I've watched how things have progressed within the churches and, and uh, the government, even in law enforcement to some degree, and how the separation of church and state has come about. Uh, the origins of this country was founded on Christian, Judeo-Christian uh, values and principles. Oh, yeah. and our, leaders, our leaders played a, a big role that were church leaders in the formation of this country and the Constitution. Uh, it goes back to the Black Robe Brigade, which was the pastors who uh, started organizing to stand up against England's tyranny. And they helped to influence our founding documents, our constitution, our laws. A lot of our laws are based on the commandments, statutes of uh, biblical nature that were given to Moses in, in, uh, or in Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, some in Numbers. Uh, if I could read something from your textbook, I, I think you're familiar with this. It's The Science of Judgment. Yes, go ahead. By Reverend, Reverend Dr. Hansen. And on page 195 of the textbook, you wrote, and this is, was kind of prophetic because you remember you wrote this, I got this book from you several years back. And it, you said, part of the process of moving the world into world government is to change the frame of reference and break down social values in order to recreate a new world order. And basically, that's what we're, we're battling right now, is this new world order that, that's being uh, pushed upon us uh, through the United Nations, World Health Organizations. We, we discussed uh, the WHO, World Health Organization. It's Agenda 21. It's... Uh, uh, Project 13, Program 13, which is getting all the countries on a health, one, one world health plan. So it's moving that way. And it's, it shouldn't be. It's, it's very harmful for this country to be taken away. In fact, they're attacking the Constitution on September 9th in this year. The National Archives Records Administration has added a harmful language alert to the U.S. Constitution, as well as other founding documents, because they may reflect outdated, biased, offensive, and possibly violent views and opinions. Now, Dr. Hansen, uh, do you think the Bible is outdated, that it's offensive? No, but we're dealing with uh, a government already under Satan, under tyranny, communistic uh, agenda, the United Nations, the European Union, the New World Order, international <laughs> bankers. Um, so they, they're trying to, again, remove Judeo-Christian values and beliefs. I've just wrote five articles on Eagles Saving Nations where I go into this. Now, Andy, you mentioned how this was founded on Christian beliefs. You know, George Washington said, reason and experience both have forbidden us to expect that national morality can prevail in the exclusion of religious principles. Again, John Quincy Adams said the glory of the revolution was the bonding, bonding of government and Christianity. 
1811, the Supreme Court ruled that it was unconstitutional to remove the Bible from school curriculum. At that time, the court sentenced a man who tried to remove it to three months in jail. 1878, Reynolds versus United States government. The Supreme Court ruled that Christianity and government could not be separated since government is built upon the Bible and Christian beliefs. John Jay, the first chief justice, one of the three authors of the Constitution, said, it's the duty of the nation to see that it has Christian leaders. Now, we could go on and on and on and on. Um, There is no separation of church and state from President Jefferson. This has been totally uh, misrepresented. You know, President Lyndon B. Johnson, former FBI director Edgar Hoover, so many others have tried to distort the meaning of separation of church and state because they wanted to take the Christians, Judeo-Christian values and beliefs out of politics uh, because that preserved our God-given liberties under God. So the church prior to Johnson was heavily involved in shaping the moral fabric of the nation. Once again, they have totally distorted separation of church and state. Even in Thomas Jefferson's time, there was a church in the capital. What they don't want to do is make a one-denomination theocracy like Catholicism that used to be banned in the United States of America because all around the world, the Pope, the Vatican, tried to topple governments. And uh, we all know that the the, the Pope, the Vatican, uh, so much of their teachings are contrary to Jesus Christ. That's what they wanted to prevent, a theocracy like Islam taking over America. But separation of church and state, no, there was no such thing. We're supposed to see we have Christian leaders. I think that answers it, Andy. Yes. In fact, the Constitution itself says that the, the state will not make a, a religion, a church. Yeah, exactly. And that's what it comes comes down to. You're supposed to have the opportunity to worship in a way that, that you desire. Basically. Exactly. And... Uh, they're taking that away, just like they took the Ten Commandments away, just like they Roe versus Wade started putting in abortion, uh, homosexuality. These are all sins that that God uh, frowns upon, and our church leaders aren't standing up today. I don't believe, which is helping to cause the falling away of people from the church and the lack of participation in in church services by the public. Of course, this COVID-19 closed down a lot of churches. And I, I question why churches had to be shut down. Because if we believe in God, as God being the creator and all-powerful, then he has the ability to protect you, to heal you. Christ himself healed the sick. And if you don't believe God can protect and heal you, then maybe your faith isn't strong enough. Well, I'll tell you what, half of the church is under the Federal Council of Churches, the Federal Council of Churches. Look it up. That's a Marxist covering, a communist covering. So under the Federal Council of Churches, you have the National Council of Churches, the Geneva-based World Council of Churches, uh, NCC. And so these are mainline churches that nullify the word of God. They nullify sin. They don't deal with abortion, homosexuality, uh, every type of sin they reject they negate, they don't deal with, and that's why most politicians love going there because they can, if we want to say, live like the devil and, and uh, pretend they're a Christian. But uh, the other half of the church, they, you know, they've been so polluted with uh, 
the mass media that lies and distorts the truth, fake media with movies and uh, from Hollywood, with universities and public schools, with communist philosophers and uh, teachers and professors that are uh, uh, denying, again, Judeo-Christian values that are attacking the republic under God, and they are all wanting to move us into a new world order. So even though half of the church, their statement of faith might be correct, yet the people attending the church, they are polluted, they're compromised, I look back at an article I wrote March 18, 2010. It says, The Gutless, Spineless, Pathetic Church. The Gutless, Spineless, Pathetic Church. I think that says it all, Andy. Yes. And I've, I've heard you say that for many years now, and I agree with you. And that's why we're friends, is because we, we all get a lot of the same feelings and uh, love for our Lord. But I agree. Over time, the churches have taken on this ideology of separation of church and state. Uh, they're pushing this through the and the media, like you said, has been putting it on. Political parties push this. And some of the pastors actually talk about separation of church and state, uh, promoting homosexuality. Well, again, uh, you've got— You've got these pastors in bed with these liberal politicians in the New World Order that's against uh, Judeo-Christian values and beliefs. They're trying to instigate the order now of uh, replacing with Judeo-Christian values and beliefs, replacing it with, again, the New World Order values and beliefs, alternate lifestyles, homosexuality, lesbianism, uh, abortion, on and on and on. Right. And from the Christian headlines on Saturday— there's an article on the Evangelical Church, the Lutheran Church of America, installed its first openly transgender bishop during a service held at Grace Cathedral in San Francisco. And an update on that story on September 26th was that they are rejecting the Bible as being the Holy Word of God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Lutheran Church is, is pathetically a mess, and so are most mainline churches. I wrote an article, July 2011. It says, What the Founding Fathers Thought of Islam and Homosexuality. Let me just get into homosexuality. It says, In February 2011, issue of Whistleblower, Joseph Farah states, George Washington believed sodomy was an infamous crime that was to be abhorred and detested. In the case of the court martial of Lieutenant Frederick Gotthold, Enstlein tried March 10, 1778. His sentence was to be drummed out of camp with infamy, never to return. William Blackstone, who wrote commentaries on the law, once the very foundation of American legal jurisprudence, could scarcely bring himself to mention the subject of homosexual sodomy, which he called a disgrace to human nature. Thomas Jefferson authored a bill penalizing sodomy by castration. In New York, the penalty for the detestable, abominable vice of buggery was hanging. Likewise, in Connecticut, laws required the death penalty. Georgia was a little more liberal, the penalty being life imprisonment at hard labor. Maine, Pennsylvania, South Carolina, and Vermont all prescribed sentences from one year at hard labor to death. John Adams, the founder of the U.S. Navy, said October 13, 1798, We have no government armed with power capable of contending with human passions, unbridled by morality and religion. Our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. 
unquote. Uh, listen to this, Andy. Did, did you hear they, they would castrate, they would kill homosexuals in America? Yes. It's amazing how things have changed over the course of this country's history. I spoke with a pastor, uh, Joe Wilkerson of Oklahoma, the other day. And he's, when I asked him about what's wrong with the pastors today, he said, uh, I'll quote him, they have lost their identity in Christ and believe that tickling the ears of men is more important than preaching the gospel of Jesus. They preach moralistic, therapeutic deisms, a feel-good gospel, not the gospel that, of Jesus Christ. Uh, they don't live in a gospel that Christ preached. And he said, look at John 8 as the example. But in your book, and uh, I keep quoting your, your textbook, and I, I recommend this to people because it was really prophetic. I, I don't recall exactly when you wrote this. It's been a, a couple of years back. But on page 187 at the bottom of your book, uh, The Science of Judgment, the problem in the world and in the church is that we are living in a generation which is under the rule of the prince of this world, the father of all lies. And that's where it's at. This is a battle that we're engaged in. Well, you're, you're totally correct, Andy, totally correct. Uh, you mentioned the Black Robe Brigade. You know, John Peter Gabriel Mullenberg was a Lutheran minister. Now, if he knew what the Lutheran church had become, he'd be rolling, rolling, rolling in his grave. But on January 21, 1776, he stood before his congregation preaching out of Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8. To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, a time to build up, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get, a time to lose, a time to keep, and a time to cast away, a, a time to rend, and a time to sow, a time to keep silent, a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time of war, and a time of peace. When he reached this eighth verse, a time of war and a time of peace, he took off his clergy robe, and beneath it was a, a colonel's uniform of the Continental Army. He exhorted his congregation that this was a time for war, and 162 men from his congregation joined him that day. This Lutheran pastor, who now fought in the American Revolution to prevent tyranny, was so fearless and faithful in his duties, he was promoted to Brigadier General. Later, when their revolution was won, freedom gained, he moved to Pennsylvania and served on the Supreme Executive Council of Pennsylvania. For several years, he was the president of the council equivalent to lieutenant governor, Mullenberg was finally elected to the First Congress. This Lutheran pastor not only fought for freedom, but was heavily involved in politics. This pastor certainly thought Christians were supposed to fight for freedom as he recruited the men attending his own congregation, and he served politically. Andy, our pastors today don't have a clue. Now, not all of them. There are some solid pastors still realizing exactly where we are, what we're supposed to do, our God-given rights, and even we're supposed to fight to keep them, if necessary, from a tyrannical government. That's correct. And I, uh, there was a there's an article from LifeSite News, and this is from a pastor in Canada. And they're really being persecuted. The churches in in Canada, but he's a 
Canadian Catholic priest uh, known for speaking boldly on church issues and clergy are commanded to do the Lord's He said, he's saying that clergy are commanded to do the Lord's work and not to set aside the divine command of government dictates. So what he's saying is they're not doing what the Lord says. Well, Romans 13, all communists like to quote and liberals, you know, talking about all government is higher, all, all, all people are under a higher authority. Well, that higher authority is Jesus Christ, not government. And where government violates the laws of God, Jesus Christ, we're supposed to resist that law. And I've written articles on uh, a Christian's responsibility to a hostile government. I know that uh, with these masks, I call for civil disobedience. When they said you can't open your church, I proudly went on radio and television and said, we are open and you can come here if you have COVID and we'll lay hands on you and we'll pray for you and you will be healed. Yes, and we've done that before. We've prayed for, for people, laid hands on them. Uh, we've seen healings come about. If it's the Lord's will, then he will hear, heal. Uh, one thing that, that people, a lot of uh, uh, individuals today don't realize is that when our country was first founded, George Washington and, and the first uh, Congress, Continental Congress, after they wrote and, and made the Constitution, they went to a church and prayed. And that church was on a road that went outside of the wall of Washington, D.C., which was called Wall or New York City, I mean, because it was the first of us in New York City or uh, where our capital was. And they went to this church that was on Wall, it's called Wall Street. And that church is actually on the corner across from where the Twin Towers stood. And when the planes collided into the buildings and brought them down, there was an oak tree that blocked and kept that church from being destroyed when Amen. they fell. Amen. But that's the power of God. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to the Warning Radio Program. Uh, Dr. Annie Nazario, my special guest today. Now, I want you to listen carefully. He's been quoting from my book. I want you to listen to my book in the chapters, and I want you to order it right now. Again, this is Dr. Hansen. I'll see you next week. Reverend Dr. Jonathan Hansen has written a book titled The Science of Judgment. God is predictable. There is a scientific pattern for the rise and fall of nations throughout history. We need to understand the laws or the rules of design regarding prophecy and judgment. When it comes to the laws of judgment and prophecy, denominational or personal belief systems have nothing to do with the reality or the certainty of the rule of judgment. Dr. Hansen's objective is to warn leaders of nations of the second coming of Jesus Christ and the plagues or judgments that are coming upon these peoples and nations that reject Jesus Christ as Savior according to the Scriptures. Dr. Ronald E. Cottle, founder and president of Christian Life School of Theology, states that this book is a must-read for Christians and other leaders in the United States and in other nations. It is clear, powerful, and well-reasoned. We all owe a debt of gratitude to Dr. Jonathan Hansen for the years that have gone into the research and writing of the science of judgment. This book has more than 300 pages, divided up in five sections. Part 1, The Science of Judgment, has chapters titled such as The Laws Regarding Prophecy and Judgment, Patterns of Apostasy, Purpose of Chastisement, Standards for Justice and Mercy, God Forgives When People Repent, God Holds Nations Responsible for What Leaders Do, Parental Responsibility, The Feasts of the Lord, Solomon's Transgressions and Their Consequences, Righteous Kings versus Evil Kings, Example of King Jehoshaphat, 
ungodly alliances. God is predictable. God holds people accountable. Man can turn into an intelligent beast to do evil. Section 2, The Deception of the Theory of Evolution, has chapters titled as Problems with the Theory of Evolution, Evolution and Racism, Darwin's Hatred of Christianity and its Fruit. Section 3, Why Must There Be Judgment, has titles such as The Fall of America and Her Destruction, Cult Christianity, Radical Liberal Politics. Section 4, Kings, Dictators, and Presidents, with the following chapters listed as People Choose Their Nation's Leaders, Qualifications for Godly Leadership, Romans 13, Delegated Authority, Satan is in charge of this world, not Jesus. If laws violate conscience, we must disobey. Finally, part five, so what must we do? These chapters are listed as, we are in a cultural war, our responsibility to a hostile government, the Christian's science of judgment. With turmoil ever increasing throughout the nations as Bible prophecy is coming to life right before our very eyes, one must read the science of judgment to have a clear understanding of these events and the reasons why. Call 360-629-5248, 360-629-5248, that is 360-629-5248, and request your copy of The Science of Judgment for a donation of $35 or more, plus shipping and handling. Thank you, and Shalom. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Tune in at this same time, Monday through Friday, on this radio station for the next exciting edition of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.